Thank you for joining us at Cornerstone Church. We believe that this is a place where you belong. Here's a look at some upcoming events where you can get connected. We start our 21-day Seek Devotional January 10th. This is a time to seek God and renew your strength in the new year. We'll also have some special appearances from staff and elders during the Devo you won't want to miss. Join us as we fast and pray. Thank you for joining us at Cornerstone Church. If you're visiting us in person, we want to give you a gift. So please visit our welcome table in the back of the auditorium. If you're joining us online, fill out your connection card so we can get you connected. And for more information on upcoming events, visit cornerstonelive.org. for joining us and in your cozy, nice little home, warm and everything. <laughs> God's good, isn't he? Well, um, I'm not speaking today. Don Hessen is going to be speaking here in just a moment, but I, want, I just want to announce the Seek, the 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting that starts uh, January 10th. Um, this week, you'll be able to download our guide through this whole thing, which is a devotional and everything that you can uh, download, and we're going to be uh, doing that um, later on this week, so you'll be able to go online. But I encourage you to go online, cornerstonelife.org, click on uh, 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting right on the front page there, and you'll see some more information about what we're doing. We're going to be seeking the Lord. We're going to be fasting something. We're going get, to get out of our comfort zones here, amen? And we're going to be believing God for some great things to happen, okay? So um, we want we want to seek after him with all of our heart. We're going to get into his word. We're going to get into prayer. Um, and so, uh, so just begin to do that, okay? And so you can go online at cornerstonelife.org and make sure you get that. Amen? So let's welcome Don Hessen as he comes and ministers to us today. Amen. privileged to be in the house to speak to you this morning and to our online people. Sean was, uh, Pastor Sean was asking us to declare things and there wasn't any way I could get all of this out. Um, so I'll say it now. In order to experience lift off it's as simple as lifting him up. So, Sean asked me to speak this morning, and uh, he touched base with me a number of times prior to today. And he asked me, uh, Is there anything that you need? And I said, Well, prayer. And uh, I said, uh, Anytime I speak, I, I think about. Uh, Mel Gibson in the movie The Patriot early on in the in the movie uh, he says Lord make me fast and accurate and so that is my prayer but but let's pray Heavenly Father Lord I just pray that your words come out of my mouth the way you have them spoken that none would fall to the ground and that your word would not return void Lord touch every heart with exactly what you have for them. And we thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, 
The title of the message today is The Almighty a Perspective. And I shared that with a friend of mine about a week ago, and he said, pretty big topic. And he was right. But um, there were a number of things that came together for this message today, and one of them was, as I <clears throat> was reading and studying and journaling through the book of Revelation earlier this year, or earlier in 21, uh, I came across the word Almighty, as in the Lord God Almighty, and easily just read right over. And I thought, no, I'm going to look that up. And the Greek word is pentocrater. Pentocrater. And so what we're going to do is we're going to unpack as much as I can in the time that I have the Almighty. You know, in the Psalms, there is a condensed version of the creation narrative. And when that's done... It continues and says he fashions their hearts individually. So, not only is the Almighty infinite, he's intricate. And in both ways, he's intimate. So I just want to unpack this word and then we will focus our lens narrower and narrower and narrower. And I'm going to move fairly fast so that I can really get to the crux of the issue uh, that, I, that the Lord has shared with me and that I wish to share with you today. So in Strong's Exhaustive Concordance, when you look up the word pantocrator, it means the all-ruling. In other words, God as absolute and universal sovereign. And it's actually from a combination of two Greek words, pause, which means all, any, ever, the whole, all manner of, and then krator, which means vigor, dominion, might, power, and strength. When I looked it up in Vines, Expository Dictionary, it said, the ruler of all, to hold or to have strength. And in the Septuagint, which is the Greek translation of the Hebrew Old Testament, we find this. In the Old Testament, when you read the Lord of hosts, or the God of hosts, then that would translate into the Greek as panto crater. So when that term is used, it's a big deal. And I don't mean to insult your intelligence, but truthfully, can I, can I overcook that? I don't think that I can. It's interesting to me that in the entirety of the New Testament, that word, pantocrator, or almighty, is only used ten times. That's it. Nine of those ten times are in the book of Revelation. And of those nine, 
Five times it's used in an expression of worship. Three times it's used in a prophetic disclosure of who God is. And once it's in God's own self-disclosure, and it's the verse in Revelation 1.8, which includes, I am the Alpha and the Omega. So again, I don't want to insult your intelligence, but I really don't feel that I can overstate this. Our God is the one who shows up first with the most, and it's the best. So, The Almighty Pantocrator, our God, is Almighty. And that is revealed in both the Old Testament and in the New. He's Almighty in presence. One of his names is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there. He's Almighty. In peace, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord is our peace. Almighty in leadership, Jehovah Ra'ah, the Lord is my shepherd. Almighty in provision, Jehovah Yireh, the Lord is The Lord will provide. Almighty in battle. Jehovah Nisi. The Lord is our banner, our victory. Our captain. That song that we sang... You are my champion. This is extra and it's free. There's no charge. It's something triggered with that. He's almighty in justice. Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord, our righteousness. And he's almighty in medicine. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, is our healer. So I know I rushed through that. But again, what we see is we're going to narrow our focus now, a perspective on the Almighty, Almighty. Because there is a foreshadowing of Jesus, a fulfillment in Jesus, and a finalization by Jesus. John 10.10 says, The enemy comes to kill, to steal, 
and to destroy. And Proverbs 6.18 says, when a thief is caught, he must restore sevenfold. And in Luke 19.10, it says that Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. So what was that? Everything. So I just went through the seven Old Testament redemptive names of God. And by some stroke of coincidence, there are seven New Testament I am statements by Jesus. And a little bit further, there are seven churches in Asia Minor to whom Jesus dictated a letter by the hand of John. So your homework is to study Revelation chapters 2 and 3 and pay particularly close attention to the way in which Jesus is introduced to each church and pay particularly close attention to the promises that are made by Jesus to those who will hear what the Spirit says and who will overcome. You will be amazed at the parallels that you find. So there is a foreshadowing, a fulfillment, a finalization in Jesus, and there is a Father an almighty Father. So I said a moment ago that pantocrator, the Greek word for almighty, is only used ten times in the New Testament. Nine of those are in the book of Revelation. And now I want to examine the one time that it was used somewhere else. Paul is actually quoting here in his letter, actually his second letter to the Corinthian church, and he's quoting from two Old Testament texts, 2 Samuel 7.14 and Isaiah 52.11. And this is 2 Corinthians 6, verse 18, and he says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Are you catching that? In the same breath, God says this about himself. I'm almighty, and I'm your father. So, if I was to retitle this message, it would be, that's my dad. So, let's talk about that word father for just a moment. In the Hebrew, it's pronounced of 
And in the Greek, that's where we get the word Abba. Now, Abba is only used three times in the New Testament. And it's always used with the term for father. And it's always used in the context of what's called the spirit of adoption. You'll either see a reference to the spirit of adoption in print, or you'll see it in principle. So Paul's letters to the Romans, to the Galatians, and Jesus' prayer in the garden in John chapter 17. So with sonship, or daughtership, comes the spirit of adoption. And honestly, our Western cultural context doesn't get this. It's the Western context of adoption has that stigma of, well, I'm not really their son. I'm not really their daughter. I was on the scrap heap of life and I was picked up, but not really wanted. That's kind of the stigma that can be attached to the concept of adoption in Western culture. In Middle Eastern culture, particularly in Hebrew culture, not that way at all. Uh, Galatians 4, 6 says this, and because, in other words, for this reason, because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. So there's an interesting pickup here that we need to catch. Traditional Hebrew rabbinical teaching holds that slaves in the household were forbidden to address the head of the family as Abba. Father, yes, okay. Never Abba. So this is what Paul is talking about in Galatians chapter 4, verse 1. He says, now I say that the heir, who's the heir? The son, the daughter. The heir, as long as he is a child, does not differ at all from a slave. There's no gray area there does not differ at all from a slave, though he is master of all. And he's saying, Jesus changes all of that. That's what he said. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. 
This is my son in whom I am well pleased. It's a defining declarative moment. That's the idea of the spirit of adoption. Not our Western context. So, many of you know, some of you may not, the last year and a half have been very difficult and very trying for me. My father passed away in August of 2020, and my mother passed away just prior to Thanksgiving of this year. So, one of the joys of being an only child is that when the house has to be sold, the only child and his wife get to clean that house out and get it ready for sale. So, tax returns from 1959... Close enough to last a second lifetime, but also some precious photographs that not only unpack some really great memories, but the Lord has seen fit to disclose to me who he is as the almighty Abba. And so, let's see, there you go. (laughs) Christmas 1965. And the quality of the photos kind of reveal that. Um, picture on the left, uh, whose book is that? Yeah, that's, that's my book. Who gave it to me? Daddy. And the photo on the right, It's difficult to see, but towards the bottom of the photo, very faintly, there's a racetrack there with electric cars. Whose racetrack and cars are those? Those are mine. Who gave them to me? Abba. Is the kid in that picture old enough to read? Mm-mm. Not even close. Is the kid in that picture old enough to play with that racetrack in the electric cars? I guarantee it's set on the box for ages 12 and up.
even though I couldn't read, my father wanted me to have that book. And even though at that point in time, I couldn't fully appreciate how to enjoy that present, my dad got it anyway. And you heard Pastor Sean, the Lord, re, re, uh, he replayed the memory of this photo. And I got so tickled thinking about that. He knew I didn't know anything about how to play with that. But he's having a great time. He knows I couldn't read that book. But he's having a good time. Knowing that under his supervision, his guidance, his leading, I will grow into each one of those. And so the point that I want you to take away from these pair of photos is that he delights in the discovery of our giftings. All right, let's go to the next next slide. There you go. So in prophetic circles and what's typically referred to as dream language, vehicles are parables of sorts for ministry, for calling, and so forth. And the picture on the left, uh, I'm kind of faint with the white truck in the background. That pickup brings up a memory where we were out on a gravel country road and folks in the house and folks online don't try this at home. My mother would drive the car up and down the country road back and forth and my father and I would wait for her to come by. The tailgate dropped down, and as the car went by, my dad would scoop me up and jump up and plant himself on the tailgate. Fun. And then... Mom would reverse course, and at about the same place, Dad would scoop me up and hop off. And we did this over and over and over and over. There was one time that I remember 
that in the hopping off phase of this game, my dad lost his footing with me in his arms. And I remember going to the ground, but as he fell, he cradled me and rolled so as to take the full force of the impact. We did not get rid of that truck. And this is yet another vehicle where there I am in my father's lap as he shows me just how to operate that vehicle. Regardless of whether or not I'm strong enough to turn the wheel or tall enough to reach the pedals. And the point of these two photographs is to illustrate that not only does he delight in the discovery of our giftings, he designs the deployment of our callings. I have one more photo. Let's go ahead and put that up. Yeah. So that's mom and dad and me. My parents were both diagnosed with cancer on the same day. And during the ensuing months, there was a time where my mother had developed some complications, went into the hospital for a period of two weeks. We almost lost her then in 2020. And the hospital was about a 10-minute drive at the most from the nursing facility where they had gone after their diagnosis. And during this time when my mother was in the hospital, my dad, who had valiantly battled with health concerns for 40 years, ran out of gas. He was tired. He was tired of fighting. And his exact words were, I'm ready to go be with Jesus. How do you argue with that? But he elected to go on hospice. And so there were some days during his hospice vigil and yet before mom had been released from the hospital where I was bouncing back and forth from nursing home 
to hospital room and back a number of times each day. And before my dad had become unresponsive, there were times when I could go into the nursing home in the midst of COVID on compassionate status. And we would sit together and he would talk. And I remember one day, I'll never forget, in fact, He very calmly said, You're a good son. And then he said, You better go check on your mom. So I did. And when I got to the hospital room, 10, 15, 20 minutes later, tops, visiting with my mom, she calmly said, you're a good son. Never any doubt how my parents felt about me, their love, their devotion, how proud they were of me. But the Lord knew that day, I needed to hear it. I needed to hear it not once, but twice. And so the point here. He delights in the discovery of our gifting. He designs the deployment of our calling. And he declares the discernment of our destiny. So, it's a fact that all earthly fathers have issues. I don't have any children physically. I've had a number of people refer to me as their father, and I'm a mess. But I heard this this morning during worship. Miracles happen in the midst of messes. So that we will worship His majesty. So, I have described for you a pretty good experience. Maybe you can't say that. Some fathers are deficient. Some are belligerent. Some are indecent or even violent. Many fathers are silent. And some are completely absent.
earthly fathers, no matter how good ours was or is, can only be considered at best a faint and fading image of our Heavenly Father. I was given a wonderful father and mother, not because of anything I did. I know parents routinely speak of how God has given them a child or their children, and that's true. I believe in the Psalms it says that children, maybe it's Proverbs, children are a gift from the Lord. It's just as true that He gives the parents to the children. So I was given a wonderful father and mother because my heavenly father knew that I needed them to survive. They were His instruments for my deliverance. Maybe you're here today or online listening, watching, and you can't make the statement that I've just made. That's okay. Either way, we all have to come into a relationship with our Heavenly Father, and that's through a saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The Apostle John brought this out extensively. The Father, the Father, the Father, the Father. Jesus was all about introducing people to the Father, reuniting them with the Father. And then when He went to the cross, not my Father, my God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? There is no recorded answer in Scripture from heaven. But before Jesus breathed his last, after my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. John 1.12 says this, But as many as received him, Jesus, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And Jesus' prayer in the garden, in John 17.3, Jesus prays this, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Almighty Father, Abba, I pray that for anyone who has not found that relationship with you, that right here, right now, today, in this moment, 
they would respond to your call and give their life to Jesus Christ. So if you find yourself in need of that relationship, just pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner and that I'm cut off from you. And I believe that in Jesus Christ, I am brought back and bought back. Forgive me my sins, Lord. Come into my life. Take up residence. Invade my space. I give my life to you. And I thank you for saving me. And I'm ready for a new relationship and a new life in this new year. In Jesus' name, amen.